Hi everybody, this is Michael Hildebrand and I'm your host on the Sleep Trust Podcast, where I'm talking about how to gain back trust in your ability to have a superb sleep again. In this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast, I'm going to walk you through the proven five-step insomnia workout. And I'm super excited to do so. Last week, we walked through the insomnia matrix. This is kind of the foundation of our best-selling course, and it's a little bit more sophisticated. So if you're just having a little bit of a sleep issue at the moment and just want to get ideas how you can improve your sleep, this workout will be exactly the right thing to listen to and to do and to give you the help and the inspiration to find out which points will really help you to drive your sleep trust. So let's get started right away. We're going to start off with workout number five and then we're going to work our way through up to the top to number one and you are going to qualify for each lesson on the way. And when you're through with the workout, you will have a good feeling of what you can do to really improve your sleep trust. And many of these tips and workouts are simple, easy to do and can be absolutely powerful. So let's get started with workout number five. And this workout is built all around our bedrooms. I'll start off with things that we do not want to do in our bedrooms. So we do not want to take work with us in our bedroom. We do not want to take our laptops, our iPads, anything work-related into our bedrooms, into our beds, because this is, in the best case, going to get our minds to race. Uh, in the worst case, you're going to read and see stuff that worries you, maybe gets you angry. And these are feelings that we do not want to have before we go to sleep. We also don't want to watch movies that uh, scare us, frighten us, get us excited. These are things that we typically do not want to have in our bedrooms either. I'm a particular fan of not having a TV in my bedroom at all. And the reason for this is not the blue light that the screens emit. And maybe you thought that. No, it's because I believe that the last minutes before we fall asleep are just so precious. Uh, we can reflect what happened that day. We can kind of think about how we would have liked things to go. We can practice gratitude. It's just so much more powerful than to get distracted to the last minute. And if you pick up on this tip, you're not going to only improve your sleep quality, but the overall quality of your life. As this is a workout, it's not only about not doing stuff, it's about doing stuff. So let's turn into that direction. So when we enter our bedrooms, we want to feel good. It's supposed to be a cozy, inviting feeling environment. So have a look and a feel of your bedroom. Do you feel cozy and invited? Do you want to rest here? You want to feel safe? The bedroom temperature should be a little bit lower than you have it in the other rooms that you're living in. And when you lay down, it should be comfortable. So that your mattress, your cushions, uh, your blankets, everything should be really comfortable. Um, and that's basically what you can do in your bedroom. And there's lots, tons of more that you can do. But this is these are the basic things that should be in place. If you want to do a full bedroom assessment, uh, I did a podcast episode all around the bedroom. So check that out. You can visit us at sleeptrust.eu and just search for bedroom and you'll find it. There's also a free bedroom assessment that you can walk through. So walking through workout number one together, you qualified for workout number two, which is all around nutrition. What we want to not do, we're going to start off this way again, uh, when it comes to nutrition, is we do not want to have heavy meals 
right before we go to bed. So don't eat a blast and then try to sleep an hour later. Even if you feel tired, you're not going to have a good sleep. At least your uh, likelihood of having a good sleep is not good and it's not good for your body either. So eat a couple of hours before you go to bed and try to keep that dinner uh, not too fatty, too heavy. Um, uh, you get the direction. You don't want to go to bed hungry either. So if you get hungry before bedtime, then do eat something. But just watch that it's not something heavy and fatty. Just maybe get a little bit of vegetables, a little bit of cheese, something like that. A banana, uh, that's a good thing to eat. You should not be hungry. You should feel good when you go to bed. When it comes to nutrition, you also want to have a look at your caffeine intake and your alcohol intake, sugar intake. So don't drink Coke or sweet stuff before you go to bed. Coke involves caffeine, but it also involves a lot of sugar. And we want to get rid of the sugar part because sugar is pure energy. And that's a thing we do not want to have a couple of hours before we go to bed. The same is true for coffee. And so don't drink coffee a couple of hours before you go to bed, at least not if you're caffeine sensitive. And coming to the things that you want to take care of is a, a healthy nutrition in general, because we need quite a lot of substances to have a superb sleep. Many people don't know or don't consider this when it comes to sleep problems, but your nutrition can play a big role in this. So you want to take care that you eat healthy, that you eat vegetables, that you get enough of calcium, magnesium, and so on. So take care that you eat healthy over the course of the day, eat at regular times, and then you're ready to go. And if you think that you have something going on, you can always make a blood, blood test at your doctor of trust. Get somebody who's really into sleep because not every doctor knows how to read the right values or will even check the right values if you ask him to take a blood picture. That's workout number two. Eat healthy. Don't eat too fatty and too heavy before you go to bed. Don't go to bed hungry and uh, kind of check the coffee in part. Also, don't drink too much alcohol, of course. So let's move on to workout number three. And this is all around mindfulness. So many sleep problems come from worrying, being angry, um, kind of just not feeling good with who and what we are when we go to bed. So what we want to start doing is to do a little bit, take a little bit of time to do mindfulness training. This is a thing that everybody can do. It can start as simple as just having a couple of deep breaths so you can um, kind of lay down in your bed or maybe even better before you go to bed and just have a couple of deep breaths in your, on your sofa and relax and let thoughts flow. Don't start to get involved into things that you see. Start to let them flow. This is a super simple exercise. You can do it if you do it only a couple of minutes. It's proven to um, reduce things like anxiety too. If you do breathing, uh, breathing techniques for two weeks in the morning and in the evening, it is proven to reduce anxiety. So it's a super powerful tool just to sit down, relax and have a couple of deep breaths. Do that a couple of minutes and you will just feel so much better. And my super tip uh, uh, for you 
what you can actually do in bed and I would even recommend doing so in bed not only but also in bed is to practice gratitude. So if gratitude is the last feeling that you have before you fall asleep then this is just so powerful. Think about not only the big things that happen to your life to be grateful for but also the small things. You can think about a flower, a smile, any small thing even that you can be thankful for the fridge that you have, hopefully that you can get something to eat out. This is such a luxury. We can be thankful for so many things and it's just going to bring you into this state of mind that is super calming, lets you feel absolutely connected. And another good thing that I love about gratitude is that you cannot be grateful and anxious, worried or angry at the same time. So consider starting a heavy workout doing mindfulness and gratitude as a particular part of your mindfulness practice. Before we move on from here, I want to take the chance and ask you to join and follow us on Instagram. Instagram is a wonderful platform where we publish content every single day all around sleep. Typically, over the course of the week, we add additional information to what we're talking about in this podcast, but we also spread other helpful information and tools for you to use. Uh, if you're not familiar with Instagram yet, go and download the app. You'll get it in the Play Store and in the App Store for iOS. And it's super easy to use. I love it much more than Facebook because it's just so convenient. And um, if you don't know how to find us, you just have to do a search on Instagram. Just search for a Sleep Trust and you'll find us. Or even easier probably if you're not super familiar with that technology stuff, go to sleeptrust.eu and on the top right of the page we've got the little social icons and I think you'll, you'll see the Facebook and the YouTube one and in the middle is the Instagram one. Just hit the button and it will take you to Instagram and to our profile. So definitely consider doing that. You'll get tons of information and I think it's also entertaining too. But now let's continue with insomnia workout number two after a little break and this is all around sleep hygiene. And sleep hygiene is a kind of hype topic when it comes to sleep and improving your sleep. And I always think you should not give too much attention to it, but you shouldn't ignore it. It's all around these little habits and the little tweaks that you can do right or wrong. And I think you should have a look at uh, them to kind of tweak these things because they're super simple to tweak if you uh, are serious with it and they can help. Uh, or be an additional uh, little kind of plus when it comes to improving your sleep quality, definitely can. So uh, sleep hygiene are typically, typically things like uh, getting into a regular sleep schedule, if you don't have it at the moment, uh, reducing blue light at night, which <coughs> you can do uh, in avoiding watching TV the last hour uh, before you go to bed or playing around with your smartphone too much. Yeah, you can also kind of see that you get into a darker environment before sleep uh, time to uh, do something that relaxes you before you go to bed the last half hour, hour, maybe, you know, have a walk, take a bath, read a little bit, listen to music, stuff like that. So you, you kind of prepare for bed, prepare your mindset, prepare everything around that. And uh, this is basically what sleep hygiene is about. So what is important is that you kind of pick up things that you might know that you're doing wrong and kind of change them and commit to following through. Typically the things are quite simple to change 
but that doesn't always mean that they're easy. So if you're struggling with things, um, maybe think about getting into a good habit that is easy for you to follow through because just leaving away a bad habit leaves kind of a vacuum space and vacuum gets filled. So the likelihood of you falling back into a bad habit is much higher than if you have a good one to replace it with, a good one that is hopefully and should be enjoyable. My last tip about sleep hygiene here is to just ask Google, uh, just throw in sleep hygiene into the search box and have a look at what there uh, is to be thought of and pick the points that relate to you and just commit to changing one, two or three things and really follow through. So well done you for walking through workout session five, four, three and two with me together. And that is kind of the way you qualify to do the workout session number one with me right now. And this is to build your sleep trust. And sleep trust is not only the name of our company, the name of the movement, it's the DNA of what we're doing here at Sleep Trust. So we have a belief, a deep belief, that everybody on this planet has a natural given birthright and capabilities to have a superb sleep. And this one is really hard. If you are not sleeping good for days, weeks, months, or even years, it is just so hard to imagine that you can at some point have a superb sleep again, and yet it is really essential. And the opponent of sleep trust is sleep pressure. And this is a dangerous trap that we can so easily step into. Just imagine that we have one, two, three bad nights of sleep in a row. We really feel tired. So we're not able to concentrate. We may be in a bad mood. We uh, are having a hard time to memorize stuff. And outside demands are constantly challenging us. So we start to pressure ourselves and say that is not happening again. I have to sleep. And first of all, it's born out of a fear. And uh, fear is an emotion that you do not want to have when you fall asleep because fear is going to stress us even on that level. And stress is something that does not promote sleep. So how can sleep trust help us to handle situations like this better? First off, when we hit the bed, we do not want to fall asleep. We want to have a rest. We're going to be thankful and grateful that we are allowed to have a rest. Nobody's standing in our back, pinching us and telling us that we have to stay awake. It's not a torture. We are allowed to enter our bedrooms and to have a rest. And that's all we demand and request. We only request to have a rest. And eventually we will fall asleep. This is kind of the first step. So we acknowledge that things are as they are. We don't want to pressure them. We will accept them for the moment, which doesn't mean that we accept them to a degree that we say it's going to stay like this our whole life. Remember, sleep trust means that we have the right and the capabilities to have a superb sleep. But for the moment, if it isn't like that, if your reality looks different, you're just going to accept your reality. The next little tip I want to give you is when you wake up at night. What you don't want to do, you don't want to have a look at the time. It's completely irrelevant. You know that you set your alarm clock, it didn't go off yet, so you are allowed to continue your rest. And it doesn't matter if you woke up at 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 2.30, 2.33, absolute irrelevant. Don't even think about that. 
What you want to do is to not move too much, just be thankful that you're allowed to continue your rest and try to remember your dream. You might say that you are the type of person who does not remember your dreams, but I can assure you as soon as you request this, at some point you will be able to remember your dreams. And even if not, it's a way to tap back into your sleep. So just try it. This is also a strong sign of you giving value to sleep because dreaming is something super personal and special and as soon as you start to get involved in your dreams, that's a strong sign that sleeping is actually important, an important part of your life, an essential part of your life, just like breathing is. The last muscle we want to train today when it comes to our sleep trust is that we really want to be very aware of our conversations, discussions, talks that we have about our sleep. Are we running around telling everybody who wants to hear it or not that we had a bad night of sleep, that we're feeling bad, that we're tired, that we're unconcentrated and so on. Maybe even get into battles with other people whose sleeplessness is worse. Um, that's not good. And if we do not watch this, it can even get part of our identity and you do not want to have sleeplessness as part of your identity. At least I assume that you do not want to because you're listening to this podcast. It's a different thing to have somebody on days where you really feel bad that you can talk to, a good friend that you every once in a while say, okay, today I'm not feeling good. Uh, you know, I had this terrible series of bad nights and so on and then kind of go on. That's a different story. But you know how it is and how easy it is to step into this route that will take you to no man's land. Rather, if you talk about your sleep, focus on the positive. And this is also true for your self-talk. Acknowledge the little achievements that you make on your way. Let's say a couple of days ago you had a good night of sleep. Then you can say today was not good, but a couple of days ago I had a superb sleep and now I know that I am able to have a superb sleep and I know that at some point I will have a superb sleep every single day or better said every single night. And doing this and the other things every single day will lay out a solid foundation to really build up your sleep trust. And with that foundation you are best off doing all the other stuff that will really help you to improve and further improve your sleep. With that, let's wrap up this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast. If you're looking for a fast way to quick fix your sleep, then the insomnia workout is for you. Workout number five is all around the bedroom, number four around nutrition, number three about training mindfulness, number two about sleep hygiene, and number one is to build your sleep trust. And that's it for this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you enjoyed yourself and that you work out with me together and that you tune in next week when we are going to talk about how you can raise your sleep appetite, also known as sleep drive. Until then, have a superb sleep. Hey there, and thanks for listening to the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you want to get further information on this podcast or material that will help you to gain back your sleep trust,
feel that you need medical advice, please consider getting an appointment at your doctor of trust. If you want to give me any kind of feedback on this podcast, feel free to email me at podcast at sleeptrust.eu. I hope you tune in again next week, and until then, have a good sleep.